family. I am so excited to be coming to you tonight. We are at Radical Mission, and we are here to give them your Be Rich offering. We are so excited to hear how God is going to use your generosity and making an impact in the life of Clarksville. Because you are for Clarksville, and you are willing to be rich with our community, lives are going to be changed here. And it's just talking about how we can be rich in love and be rich in generosity. And uh, so one of the ways we did that is we took a Sunday and we asked everyone in our church to bring $39.95. And 100% of that, we said we were going to give away. And so we are giving that to Radical Mission. And so tonight we are thrilled to be able to give you a check for $5,162.55. Wow. Um, wow. Hey guys, I'm here with John Vaughn, the director of Radical Mission here in Clarksville. John, can you tell us a little bit about what you do in our community? Sure. Radical Mission is a compassionate ministry that's here to help the disadvantaged in Clarksville, Montgomery County. We help with food, clothing, financial assistance. Uh, we do a little bit of financial advising. Uh, we also try to provide as much love and, and Christ-centered caring for the community that we can. So if anybody can get to our building, then we try to provide the nurturing love that uh, the person needs to be able to survive in this world. Well, one church family, because you decided to be rich and be generous, we were able to present Radical Mission with a check for $5,162.55 this week. John, can you tell us a little bit about what those funds are going to be able to do for what you do in the community? Uh, it's it's amazing what your church and what your people have been able to provide. Uh, that amount of money is actually going to be able to fund our ministry for at least six months. Uh, where we're going to be able to get into the community, we're going to be able to go to Summit Heights, we're going to be able to provide even more of this financial assistance, more food, more clothing, and hopefully more love for the people in the community. That's just awesome. One Church, I want to thank you for being rich and being for Clarkson. Thank you, being rich. Best part of my job this week. Hey guys, I'm Luther, and I am so glad you guys are hanging out with us this morning. If it's your first time with us, thank you for hanging out. We know your time is valuable. So whether you're in the room here with us or you're over in the video theater, everyone say hello to our nice folks next door. Say hello. We're actually on a different platform this week. We're on the church app. We're on the website. We're on Facebook, and we joined YouTube this week. So say hello to all those. Say hello to all those folks. Y'all are so friendly. Hey, so that was awesome, right? You guys did that. Like that was you guys deciding that your generosity could make a difference in your community. So uh, I we just want to say thank you. Uh, I got to do the fun part of giving it away and hang out with John. I wish Miranda had had me stand on a box when we shot that video, but uh, other than that, it was great. And so, but that was an opportunity for a lot of you for the very first time to give here at One Church. And we hope that you've seen that you didn't die and that. God rewards our faithfulness, and I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that was worship for you as you had an opportunity to give. Guys, I'm going to pray for our offering real quick, and then we'll do that, and then I'll tell you a couple things happening in the life of our church this week. Dear God, I love you, and God, I believe that you are big and you are real, and God, you do the God stuff. And so, God, I pray that as we are faithful today and we give like you've asked us to do, that you'll take that money and you'll change lives here in our community and around the world um, God, we'll do the faithful stuff if you'll do the God stuff. It's in your sweet name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, if you're here in the room or next door in the video theater, there's orange buckets on my left, your right. 
If you'll send those across the room, if you're given by check or cash, you can do it that way. Uh, you'll see on the screen behind me in just a minute, there's other ways to give. You can text to give. You can do online giving. Um, you can give through our app. We have lots of ways for you to be able to set that up. So we just talked about radical mission. And, and you know, as we did Be Rich, that was about loving through being generous, through serving, and through loving people where they are. You have some opportunities on Christmas Eve if you'd like to do that. Uh, we ask all of you to serve somewhere, and one of the opportunities that in talking to John this week is they do a Christmas Eve meal um, called Warm Souls, and they'll have hundreds and hundreds of people come in uh, and get a meal and get clothing and stuff all on Christmas Eve, and they need people to come and eat. And I know you guys, and I think this is a job some of you can handle. Uh, they literally just need people to come be table hosts and sit at a table and talk to people who maybe aren't quite as fortunate as you. And uh, just love on them as y'all all eat a, eat a meal together. So if you're interested in doing that, you can go to RadicalMission.org uh, and see your ways you can sign up to do that. Guys, we just finished the About the Benjamins series. And we did Be Rich, and we talked about how our generosity can change people. We did the, uh, the About the Benjamins series, and we found that for a lot of us, we struggle with generosity because our money owns us instead of us owning our money. And so we are doing a financial peace uh, university class again starting on January 20th. Um, that is a phenomenal course that helps you get your money back in control, lets you know what's coming in, what's going out, how to kind of get all that stuff in order. If that's something you would like to do, you can text FPU1C to 97000, uh, and that'll connect you into the website to get you everything you need uh, if you decide you want to do that course. That will be here on site. Uh, starting on January um, 20th during the first service, and then you can still come to second service. This week is Christmas week. I don't know if any of y'all have noticed that Christmas is soon. Uh, I hope some of you have started on some Christmas stuff. Uh, if not, if you wait to the last minute, it only takes a minute. So you'll be buying people gifts at the gas station or the 24-hour Walgreens. But um, no, our Christmas schedule this coming week, next Sunday is a normal Sunday for us, 9 and 1030. And then on Christmas Eve, we're doing a candlelight night of worship. That'll be at 3 and 5 o'clock at the One Church office. That's just an awesome opportunity for us to come and celebrate the greatest gift ever given that God gave us through Jesus. And so we hope you join us for that. Would love for you to invite your friends. I'm just going to be honest. Your friends are expecting an invitation this week. There are two Sundays a year that people who don't go to church come to church. They come for Easter and they come for Christmas. So why not invite them to a church built for people, made for people, welcoming to people who don't go to church? So we'd love for you to invite your friends to come hang out with us next weekend. Guys, Chris is going to be out in just a second for week two of Great Links. In the vast darkness, deep in a cloud of gas and dust, a sovereign work begins. Within this distant nebula, gravity causes collisions of hydrogen molecules and atoms begin bouncing off one another. As the collection of molecules grows, the temperature begins to rise. When this sphere of superheated matter reaches 70 centimeters in diameter, the temperature climbs to 10 million degrees. At this point, the violent natural process known as nuclear fusion begins. Hydrogen fuses together to form helium, and matter converts to pure energy 
finally, at 18 million degrees, a transformation occurs. Light bursts forth and a star is born. The light from the infant star races across the cosmos at 186,000 miles a second, taking hundreds, if not thousands of years to finally reach our planet. To pierce the night sky. Good morning, OneChurch.tv. I hope you guys are having a great morning. How amazing is science, right? I mean, just all those facts and figures, some of that nuclear fission and all this, all this stuff happening. And I just think, I'm just pumped up about that because I believe that science always points its direction and its finger towards God and how he does stuff. I just think that's so cool. You just saw in that video about one star being born, and you saw the divine energy that it took for just one star to come into existence. And that's what I want to talk about this. I want to talk about stars. So let me give you some just some facts about stars. In our universe, right, in our universe, we have 300 sextillion stars. By the way, I just said sex in church. <laughs> 300 sextillion stars. If you want to know how much that is, that is the number three with 23 zeros after it. Now, look, put that in perspective. If you take 3 trillion and you times it by 100 billion, what you will get is 300 sextillion stars found in our universe. Do you know what that means? What that means is that George Lucas and J.J. Abrams have incredible job security. Where are my Star Wars nerds this morning? <laughs> By the way, that's Merry Christmas in Chewbaccaian right there. Just saying. Y'all remember when Star Wars movies used to be good? I do. Just saying. Uh, anyway, I I'm telling you, it's so cool because we have 300, 300 sextillion stars in our universe. That's amazing. And God just flung all of that up in the heavens. And let's just get a little bit smaller, shan't we? I mean, in the Milky Way galaxy. By the way, how many of y'all like Milky Ways? Lord Jesus, Jesus. I'm a Reese's person, but Milky Ways will do. Just saying. In our Milky Way galaxy, there are over 100 billion stars. That's a lot. That's a lot that we can just look up and see 100 billion stars. And then let's even get even more narrow. In our solar system, we have one star. And that one star we call the sun, and it's a mere 93 million miles away. And what's so amazing about that 
as we see it, it literally define who we are. Let, let me tell you what David wrote about stars in the Psalms. He says this, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. And night after night, they make him known. How many of y'all, you like, I mean, you like decorating for Christmas. Let me hear you. Some of you, I mean, I went over to uh, folks in our small group, and it was before Thanksgiving. They already had the Christmas tree up. And I'm like, I found my people, right? Because I love Christmas decorating. How many of y'all, you actually decorate the outside of your house? Anyone? All right, a lot of y'all, that's good. That's really, really good. And see, here's what I know. Sometimes as guys, when we decorate the outside, we get a little friendly competition, don't we? We do. And we like, do we have as much stars, as, a, uh, as much lights on our house as the person down the street? And I love that. But let me tell you this. Some of you, you think you're Clark W. Griswold, and you got it tricked out. I love me a Christmas story, right? The crapper is full. Just saying. But here's the thing. You think your house is all decked out with a Christmas light? You ain't got it nothing on God. Because God, he has flung 100 billion stars in our galaxy and 300 sextillion stars in the entire universe. That should humble us. When I look up into the night sky and you can see the Milky Way, it just humbles me. And this is what it says in Psalm 8. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers the moon and the stars in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them and human beings that you should care for them? That's a great question. You see, when I look up to the night sky, I see how small I am and I see how big God is. And yet, through all of that, I believe that there is an author who not only created our star, not only created the 100 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy and the 300 sextillion stars in our universe, but 2,000 years ago, he created a star to point a group of people towards the plan that he set up in place just nine months prior that a baby would be born. We call him Jesus. You, you've heard of him, Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. In Matthew chapter 2, if you, have your, the, if you have the One Church app, if you've got the Bible app, go ahead and download that. You can follow along. This is what Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 says. We give away free Bibles here at One Church, or you can watch on the screen. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod. By the way, we're going to be talking about that cat next week, King Herod. Magi, everybody say Magi. Magi, and, and some people call them wise men, and that's going to be important in a second, knowing that Magi from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. Now, let me just stop right here, because I'm a kind of a why person. I want to know why did they just show up? 
I mean, that's kind of odd. You got these magi or wise men just all of a sudden showing up. Why did they show up? Let me tell you where, uh, where these magi were from. These magi were from Babylon or modern-day Iraq, which is 900 miles away, 900 miles away from Jerusalem. And they got there by camel or donkey. That was a long way to travel. How many of y'all, you're traveling this, uh, this Christmas season? Let me hear you. Are you traveling? All right. Some of you traveling maybe a, uh, you know, a hundred miles away, maybe a thousand miles away, whatever that looks. These jokers were traveling 900 miles and they just didn't put gas in their car. I mean, they had to get on a camel or a donkey and it took them months, maybe even possibly a year to get there. Now that's important. And why, what were, what were they doing? Why did they show up? Verse two, it continues to tell us. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Here's the question. Where is the one who has been born who? King of the Jews. Why? Because we saw his star, not just a star, his star in the east, and we have come to do what? Worship him. The reason why these magi, these wise men traveled 900 miles away is because they wanted to worship, to worship Jesus. Now, let's just talk a little bit about it. I believe that whether you're a Christian or not, maybe a church is your thing or not, maybe the Bible isn't your thing, I want to let you know I'm so glad that you're here, but here's what you and I, we all have this in common. All of us were made to worship something. We were all, it's been hardwired into our DNA to worship something. In our culture, what's some of the things that we worship? Well, we worship sex. Right? Guys think about sex about 300 sextillion times a minute, right? That's just how we are. Some of us, we worship money, we worship fame, we worship stuff, we worship sports, we worship technology. Some of you, you worship sports so much, you bow down to the soccer god or you bow down to the football god the golf god. Maybe you bow down to the basketball god or whatever. We worship stuff. We worship travel. We worship things. The question is, we're all going to worship, but what are we going to worship? And guess what? One of the Ten Commandments says, don't waste your worship. That's basically what it says, because we're all going to worship something, and who we should be worshiping is who? God, but so many times, even us as Christians, what do you think about all day long? What do you spend your money on? That is what you worship. If I, let me just talk to the Christians in the room for a second. If you're not a if church, isn't your thing? Tune me out for about five seconds. Isn't it amazing how these magi, these wise men, are willing to travel 900 miles to come and worship? Yet on Sunday morning, when the alarm goes off and we hit snooze, we're like, I don't feel like it. Really? Come on, maybe the reason why you're not growing faster in your faith is because you spend more time on Netflix than you do showing up around God's people and learning about God. I'm just saying, just saying. You see, and by the way, some of you, you got kids and you're, they don't care anything about God. And when they get teenagers, you're like, you all of a sudden start praying, dear Jesus, they start driving, Lord, we pray hard, and guess what? You've already set the cement foundation of their life, and you didn't show up when they were two years old. You weren't consistent. Oh, here we go. 
All right, so let's talk about these magi. Let's talk about these wise men. Uh, I love Christmas music. Y'all know this. And I have right now 19,552 songs on this phone right here because I'm a little bit of a freak, right? And one of my favorite songs is We Three Kings of Orient Are. Let's dissect that song just for a sec. We Three Kings of Orient Are. Let me tell you, who are these Three kings were in all. Let me tell you, that song pretty much has it all wrong. Uh, it says three kings, but we don't know how many kings it were, right? It never says. How many gifts did they give? What type of gifts? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? But, so they gave three gifts, but we don't know how many there were. In fact, you, there's actually Christmas songs of, of like Nestor and Cantor. They, we've actually named these jokers. They've got three names. We don't know their names. We don't know that there were three of them. We don't know. We know that they weren't kings because they were magi. And it says from Orient. Uh, you think of Orient, you think of China and stuff. We know that's wrong. So, other than that, this song has nailed it, right? Nailed it. All right, here we go. So, who were these three kings of Orient are? Well, we know this that these magi were outsiders. They were outsiders. They weren't Jewish, which means they were Gentile. These guys were Middle Eastern, dark-skinned men from what is now modern-day Iraq. Is now, it used to be called Babylon. And let me tell you a little bit about Babylon. The nation of Babylon eventually became Persia. How many of y'all, you've seen the movie 300? All right. The bad guys in 300 is the Persians. By the way, the bad guys here is the Persians or the Babylonians. They were the bad guys of, of God's people, the Israelites. They hated the Israelites. They picked on the Israelites. And we're going to see today that the Babylonians came and destroyed the capital city of Jerusalem. It's interesting. They were enemies of Israel. They were outsiders. So they were outsiders, so they weren't Jewish, they were Gentile, they were enemies. And here, I have a Jewish Bible. It's called the Tanakh. And the reason why it's called the Tanakh, the T is Torah, and it's the, the law of Moses. The, 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 the Tanakh, the Na, uh, is, the, uh, is the prophets, and then the Katim is the, it's just the other writings. In this, it, it reads from right to left, so you open it this way. The last book found there is the book of Second Chronicles. It has the same 39 books that we have in our Old Testament, but it's actually, uh, uh, actually arranged a little bit differently. And the very last book is the book of Second Chronicles. And in Second Chronicles, what we're going to read, we're going to see the end of the Jewish nation. And it was the Babylonians that pretty much brought them to the end, that shut them down. This is what it says in 2 Chronicles verse, chapter 36, verse 17. So the Lord brought the king of Babylon, by the way, his name is Nebuchadnezzar, against them. And the Babylonians killed Judah's young men, even chasing after them into the temple. They had no pity on the people. They killed both young men and young women, the old and even the infirm. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. The king took home to Babylon 
all of the articles, both large and small, used in the temple of God, and the treasures from both the Lord's temple and from the palace of the king and his officials. Then his army burned the temple of God, tore down the walls of Jerusalem, burned all of the palaces, and completely destroyed everything of value. Now listen to this last part, because we're going to see it in a minute. The few who survived were taken as exiles to Babylon. We're going to discover who some of these exiles, these people who were kidnapped from Jerusalem and taken to Babylon, and they became servants of King Nebuchadnezzar. So these magi, not only were they outsiders, not only were they enemies of God's people, uh, but I'll tell you, what these verses right here tells us is simply this, that God cares deeply about you. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I, 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 I'm reading these verses, and I don't get that. Well, let's dig into it a little bit, because there is some really interesting historical stuff in the, found in these verses. And I love to read some of the stuff about the scientific implications, and I'm sure it's entertaining, but one of the main themes is simply this, that God cares deeply about me. And here's the reason why, because these are the enemies of God's people, the Babylonians. And yet, God creates a star so as to lead the Magi from the Babylonians to worship Jesus in Jerusalem. You see, that just tells me that God cares about everybody. God cares about people who live for him and people who don't. God cares about people who love them and people who don't love him. God cares deeply about everyone. These guys, let me tell you something else about them. They were extremely wealthy. They were Babylonian prophets. Now, the Jewish prophets would speak on behalf of God with what? In the Hebrew scriptures, what I have here. But these guys, they didn't do that. The Babylonian magi, they spoke on behalf of the future, which was their religion, and they used it by astronomy and astrology. And even though we don't see astrology today as a science, back 2,500 years ago, it was considered very scientific. It was considered a credible science, much as biology or physics are, and all that stuff are considered credible to us today. These men were powerful, the Magi were. They were wealthy. They kids got everything they wanted for Christmas. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Their kids, when they went to, to high school, they drove the BMW chariots. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I take my kid Jed to high school, and I'm amazed that all these high schoolers driving Lexuses to Rossview. Nay, nay, right? I remember what I drove when I was in high school, and it wasn't that. And I think the reason why is because my parents knew that I was going to wreck it. Guess what I did? Wrecked it right? Just saying, right? But that's, that's who these guys were. Their kids had it all because they had it all. They were enemies of God. They were religious outsiders. They were powerful. They were wealthy. They had all of those categories. But here's what's so crazy. Even with all of those categories against them, God created a star so that they could be able to come and worship him. And if God is willing to do that, for his enemies, how much do you think he's willing to be for you? For God so loved the world. 
that God loves you. And if you hear nothing else from me this morning, know this. If this is kind of your first time back in church or maybe your first time in a long time, the one thing you need to hear is that God loves you and that he's for you. And he is willing to go to great lengths to get you to choose him. God cares deeply about everyone, even the enemies of God, these outsiders, Middle Eastern Iraqi men, that they could be introduced to the Savior of the world through something miraculous happened in the sky. I love that. The understand, don't you, do you understand the statement that God of the universe is making, how he is so for the people, how much he keeply, deeply cares for you? that he will literally move the heavens so that you can come and know him. Here's what you need to know about God. When God sees people, he doesn't see people in categories. He just sees people as image bearers. You see, we don't do that, do we? I see red, yellow, black, and white, and what he sees is just they're all precious in his sight. He sees just people as image bearers. See, we put categories, yuppies, People in Sango, people live in New Providence, geographical. We see um, how we do it here at Fort Campbell is how much stripes somebody has on their chest. By the way, how are those stripes held on your uniform? Velcro. Velcro. And guess what? That means they can easily be removed. You don't, you don't place your identity in that. You see, God doesn't see a sergeant or a sergeant major. He just sees you, somebody who is made in the image of God. In fact, one of Jesus's best friends, Peter, he wrote this, and it gives us a really peek, a, a peek into God's heart. It says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. How many of y'all think sometimes God feels slow? I do, like this, but he says this, he is patient with you. Why? Not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. He says it is God's will, it's God's desire that no one to die without Jesus. But here's the reality. You're going to see thousands of people just today who die without Jesus. Why? Because as I mentioned, John 3.16, God did something. God loves and God gives, but you and I have a response. We must believe and receive eternal life. The question is, what will you do? Yes, God loved. Yes, God gave. Yes, God can create a star in the sky and say, here's your sign but you have to follow him. Here's our big idea today. God goes to great lengths to get you and I, us, to choose the gift of salvation. He does with these wise men. So we put these magi into categories, outsiders, powerful, wise, wealthy, in, in, enemies of God's people, Gentiles. We categorize everything, yet God came with Christmas to destroy the categories. He either sees you as one or two ways. Somebody who has a relationship with their son, Jesus, and somebody who does not. That's it. That's all that matters. It's not how much money you make or where you live or what nation you were born in. It's what you do with Jesus. That's the beauty of Christmas, that God comes to shatter all the categories. But here's so amazing. Yes, God cares for you, but God also cares deeply about your pain. Because here's what I know. In 2018, many of you, it has been a very painful year. 
I know some of your stories. For some of you, you've lost a spouse this year. Some of you, you've went through a divorce this year. You've went through a bankruptcy. You've went through a failed adoption process. For others of you, you heard the C word for the first time. It's cancer this year. And you've went through chemo. You've went through radiation. You've went through all of the sickness. And some of you are still in the midst of it. Some of you are coming out of it. But simply know this, that God cares deeply, not just about you, but about your pain. Now, let me tell you where I get that from this story. And it's going to take me kind of talking about history for a little bit. So if you don't like history, don't, don't recline back and sleep, okay? Because this stuff really will be amazing for you if you listen. You see, what happens is in 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Babylons, come and destroys everything in Jerusalem. In fact, we read about it. Let's read about it again says this, then his uh, army burned the temple of God, tore down the walls of Jerusalem, burned all of the palaces, and completely destroyed everything about value. Now, can we just agree that's a bad day, right? Look at this. The few who survived were taken as exiles to Babylon. Uh, exile, they were kidnapped. They were stolen, and they became servants to the king Nebuchadnezzar. You see, we're able to look at these magi that happens around the Jesus, and the reason why they were even looking for the star is because of the result of somebody else's pain. The pain that happened 586 years before that. Because let me tell you, when Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed Jerusalem, he kidnapped some of those best and brightest. And of those three, there's Daniel, Shadrach, Bishak, and Abednego. And some of you are like Daniel, like Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel? That dude. You're exactly right. Centuries before the wise man shows up and followed a star to Jesus, the pain of Daniel and the city of Jerusalem being destroyed set the magi showing up at Jesus' birth. Now, how? You're thinking, where do you get that? Well, let me explain it. When the Babylonians, when they would take over a city, they would kidnap the best and the brightest. They would bring them back to Babylon, and they would assimilate them into their culture. And that's what they did to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were, they were actually brought in, and they were trained as, get this, magi as wise men. And we see through a series of events that Daniel not only became a magi, a wise man, but he became the best and the brightest of them. Look at Daniel chapter 2. Then the king appointed Daniel, talking about King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel, look at this, ruler over the province of Babylon, as well as, everybody say chief, chief over all his what? Wise men. The, the, the word there is magi. So Daniel, because he doesn't compromise, yes, he's learning about astronomy and astro astrology and Babylonian gods and Marduk and all this stuff, but he's not compromising who he is, that he is worshiping Yahweh. And because of that, God elevates him to status and King Neb says, you in charge of all the wise men. Now you go and teach them whatever you want to teach them. And guess what does my boy Daniel teach them? He teaches them about Yahweh. He teaches them about the Hebrew scriptures. 
And he teaches them that, hey, by the way, one day coming up soon in Numbers chapter 20, verse 17, he teaches them this verse. I see him talking about Jesus, but not now. I behold him, but not near. Well, that means, hey, by the way, it ain't happening yet, but look at this. A star, everybody say star. A star will come out of Jacob. That's Israel. So this constant, and, he, and he's speaking, and everybody's like, okay, we know what stars now. We worship them here in Babylon. And he says, guess what? We, you worship stars, but there's somebody who's actually can create the stars. His name is Yahweh, and he is going to throw a star up in the sky when his chosen king shows up and turns the world upside down. That's cool. And see, it's because of that that three wise men showed up uh, 586 years later, and says, where is Jesus? Where is this Emmanuel? Where is this God with us? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to what? Worship him. See, the whole reason these wise guys showed up is because God used Daniel's pain in the pain of a nation being destroyed. And here's what you need to know. God not only used Daniel and the pain he experienced centuries before as a travel agent to prepare the way so that Magi 600 years later would show up and go, here we are, where's Jesus? Right? Know this, God never wastes an affliction. God never wastes a pain. And if 2018 has been a painful year, it may just be God setting 2019 up for amazing things to happen for you. If all of us just knew how God would, is working behind the scenes to bring us to the point where we can one day begin a relationship with him. I like 1 Chronicles. We've been looking at 2 Chronicles. Let me go back to 1 Chronicles 28.9. says this. The Lord searches every what? Heart. By the way, that's you. That's me. And he understands, guess what? Every motive behind your thoughts. Now look at this next part. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Do you hear that? You see, we seek God because he first sought us. The, the magi, are, they're seeking after Jesus because God sought after them 600 years before through Daniel's pain. And God is saying, if someone sincerely seeks the truth, and I mean, they're seeking the real deal. Maybe they're looking through science. Maybe they're looking through whatever. But know this, eventually God will point them to himself. God will break through their system and even their solar system to reveal himself to them. God will put a travel agent, a Daniel in their life, 600 years before, or create a combustible ball of gas called a star in life to point them to Jesus. You've heard, hey, here's your sign, right? That's what he did to the, to the Magi. Here's your sign. And it's the finger pointing this way to Jesus. Let me just say, for some of you, this day, in this movie theater right here is your star. It's your sign. And your life has been leading up to this. 
And some of you, you don't even know all the people that's not only been praying for you, but all of the stuff that's happened good and some that's even happened bad to bring you at this point where you can say, God, I trust in you. So if you're here this morning, I simply want to say you can have a relationship with God. And it's not that you earn it. It's not that you have to come to church. It's not that you have to be good. Some of you, if you're thinking, if I got to be good, heck with that. I I can't be good. I can't be that good. Guess what? It has nothing to do with anything about goodness. It has nothing to do with you being good. It has everything to do with God, a good God, reaching down to you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you this morning, for some of you, you need to begin that relationship with God. And that only happens through Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that by singing a song. Now, this song, I'm going to be the first one to say there's a lot of words to this song. But every time I heard this song, I really didn't like it. i got to be honest with you. So, But what I want you to do is I want you to listen to the lyrics. And if you can sing it, great, but I really want you to read the lyrics. The, 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 the song is titled, So Will I, 100 Billion Stars. You remember how many I said, there are how many stars found in our, uh, in our galaxy? 100 billion. And that's what this song is singing about. It's singing about the stars in the sky, but yet it keeps on going and going and going. And then it gets to this lyric. And, and when, you, when we hit this lyric, I want you to sing it with all of your might. And for some of you, this need to be the time where you just need to surrender. You need to lift your arms, you need to lift your hands, and you just need to give it to God. This is the time where you can begin that relationship with him. And listen to this. On a hill you created, the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die. Listen to the rest of these lyrics. And as you speak... 100 billion failures disappear. For some of you, you're here at one church and that's what you feel like. You feel like a failure. You feel like you have really messed this thing up. And you know what? Maybe you have. Maybe, maybe you've had some failures this year. You've had a failed marriage. You've had a failed business. You've had some failed friendships. But know this, when you cry out to God, all those failures can dissipate and disappear because Jesus, he can come into your life, he can come into my life, and if we would just open up our heart to him, he can and he will change you. Y'all believe that? Here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask us to stand. I'm going to pray. For some of you, this needs to be your time. This needs to be your time where you just give it to God. God, we love you. God, I thank you so much, God, that just by looking today, we've seen just how far to what great lengths you've come to reach out to us. That Lord, not only have you created billions and sextillion stars up in the cosmos, But God, you sent your one and only son as an embryo to grow for nine months. And with the the piercing cry, that dark night, God became 
one of us. He became Emmanuel. As much as we love to celebrate Christmas, it was his death on a hill that you created where the light of the world was extinguished. Lord, as you speak, those failures, they can disappear. Just as you rose from the grave, we will follow you. We love you, Jesus. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.
so Sing this if the stars are made to worship If the stars are made to worship So will I If the mountains bow in reverence So will I If the oceans are royal greatness So will I So Thanks for worshiping with us this morning. Have a great week. Go and be the church.